today's episode of Private Stories, I speak with Ryan Stevens, also known on social media as the boy who ticks. Ryan is known to have one of the most extreme cases of Tourette's in the UK. He's been diagnosed with severe complex abnormal Tourette's syndrome. In this interview, Ryan explains his Tourette's began as a sore throat and severe headaches when he was 14 years old. He was officially diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome when he was 21 by a neurologist. This is Ryan's story of how the disorder affects him. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thank you, that's all right, thank you for having me. I want to ask you about early life experiences. When you were little, what were the symptoms that you noticed, um, perhaps before you even got a diagnosis? So, believe it or not, my, my Tourette's isn't anything neurological. It's neurological, obviously, um, but it was, it, so, my actual diagnosis is severe complex abnormal Tourette's syndrome so I don't have the ooh, typical start to Tourette's but what it was is I had a sore throat when I was 14 years old oh and um yeah that then led to headaches and they now think it was due to strep throat but my head started twitching and um ooh, I then developed what they thought was alien hand syndrome at the time. So they said, oh, it's teenage tics. And then I had these full body fits, but I was still awake and in pain while it was happening <laughs> for a few years. So they were just like, yeah, it's pseudo seizures. Like pseudo seizures is what they practically say you're putting them on, which I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> and then I woke up one morning when I was 21 years old and went to work and thought I was going to have one of my funny five minutes as I call them sat down in my manager's office and yeah wow. vocal tics galore and then I've gone to my neurologist and he turned the monitor to me and said yeah I've been waiting for this for six years I just didn't want to tell you I wanted it to come out on its own so life before the tics um were you was everything normal you didn't really have symptoms until you were 14 mental issues like mental health issues so um Depression, very angry. Um, oh, like I was a bit naughty at school, sort of thing. But yeah, no, before that, I was normal. Wow. And then what were the early signs for you? What were the things that you noticed initially? Oh, so it was the, uh, it was when the headache came. I was doing like a drum performance to school. And, um, yeah, so when the headache went, it almost completely went. So I was like, oh, but it was like somebody had popped the balloon that was filling up tightly on my head and I had all this space rush back. Ooh, and um, yeah, it was it was bizarre because my head was ticking. It was like somebody was pulling like on a muscle in the back of my neck as if to say like, so yeah, and that all happened all in the space of 20 minutes yeah. from the headache alleviating to the head ticks, which then... I had to go for CT scans, MRI scans to make sure there wasn't anything dangerous in my brain. And yeah. So let me make sure I've got this right. So there was all this pressure and it kind of felt like a, an elastic band being pulled. And then it was a, a kind of a release. And then from that moment was when you had the ticks started. Yeah. And what did you make of this at the time? What was, what was going through your mind? It was weird because obviously my school was like, don't come in for a good month or two. Sort yourself out first. We don't know what's going on. Um, and then I lost a lot of GCSEs 
due to it because it, I was 14, so I was in like year 10 going into year 11. And then it obviously got a little bit worse during year 11. Um, oh, beautiful. I'm not one. Um, but like, yeah, it was just, it didn't help with the puberty stage, let's put it that way. Like growing up, I kind of, yeah, you already feel a bit crappy during that stage anyway and feel a bit alone and isolated and then this thing comes along that makes you more alone and isolated as, as you go along so did anyone misunderstand this and put it down to bad behavior when you were that age did anyone think um, that it was being um something that you had control over and were just putting on to be fair no i i've i've met more adults in the street at this age have a go at me more than novels when i was a kid so like I've had people turn around and call me rude. Um, I've experienced kids in like following me around the shop, laughing at me. I've had shop assistants in their uniform, pho- like video phoning, uh, video recording me on their phone, and they were in uniform and they worked in that store as well. So, so that I find that very interesting and quite surprising that actually you get more, you get subjected to more bullying now than actually when you were young. Yeah. Wow, that's that's quite extraordinary. I think it's because where it all happened when I was younger and I had friends like there from the very beginning. Like, do you know what I mean? It it was kind of like everybody knew me. Oh, Ryan's got something wrong with him. We're not going (laughs) to. So people kind of had an understanding that this was a difficulty that you developed and therefore there was a lot more empathy around what you were experiencing. So really it's um, strangers have been the worst towards you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not, not, not my best moments in life, I can tell you that one. <laughs> How does that affect you emotionally when you, fe- when you see that someone is actually targeting you and not, not considering your feelings? I, I now don't go out without earphones in. I don't want to talk to anyone. Um, um yeah Nobid. i don't i don't talk to anyone now if i can avoid it i will does that has that, does that mean you've had to experience a lot of social anxiety feeling really uncomfortable yeah. in social situations very much a load of social anxiety tons of it yeah that's i really feel just just because i'm a little bit different to everyone else yeah i really feel for you because people anyone can experience social anxiety people who don't even have anything that's like you know something that would draw attention to themselves um so it must be extremely difficult for you because this is something you can't you don't have any control over and it will draw attention to you and then unfortunately you found that some people are extremely rude and inconsiderate and do behaviors that um that really would upset you yeah, I mean, like, um, I, 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 like, my tics um, have said and done some questionable things, like walking down a street, nearly pulling off a very, very innocent lady's hijab and saying that it's too warm for a scarf. That's not me. I'm not racist at all. Whereas, like, so I've got that aspect of what on earth is going to come out of my brain and my mouth and what are people going to say about it? Right. I've been accused of being on drugs before. I've even been um, accused by a medical health professional, an ambulance lady, that I wasn't fit to look after children while their parent was like, well, he was my godchild and he was nearly nine and he knows how to deal with my Tourette's more than probably anybody. Um, oh, but because she was on her, his mum's on holiday, she phoned, she got the council to ring up her mum saying that 
she's left her son with an unstable person, which wasn't nice. So you're... Tourette's is not just the verbal tics, but actually there's a behavioral element as well where you end up being, it's, got, it's like an impulse that you don't have any control over. Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of like the way I describe it is, you know, when you see that big red button at the bottom of an escalator or, or top where it says stop and you're just like, oh, what would happen if I push that? You have that self-control. I don't, I'd want to, I'd, I'd, I'd push it and yeah. Yeah, that must be so hard. Tick feels like, but then when people tell me to stop ticking, the only way I can describe that is is tell somebody who's about to sneeze that they're not allowed to sneeze. Yeah. When they're on the verge of sneezing, yeah, you have to release it. Have you had any treatment? And tell or tell me the um, tell me the history of treatment. What's your experience been like? What was helpful? What was less helpful? Yeah, uh, right. So oh, I've gone through aripiprazole and haloperidol which didn't work um and can for the for the audience can you just explain what that is so they're like i think it's been so long since i've had them they're like anti-psychotic drugs i believe they may be but um ooh, yeah I, I was allergic to them they both made my tongue swell up and stick out like a dog and yeah that wasn't very nice and then been on so many different antidepressants um so i'm now on sertraline which is 150 milligrams for sertraline sertraline a day uh and the only thing that has helped me is because i've got a functional neurological disorder as well so fnd um so they put me on progabalin for that and i'm on that 300 milligrams and could you explain what functional neurological disorder is uh oh, so functional neurological disorder is um after I've like had my tick attacks and all that lot or a bad or my brain gets overly stressed, um, like I'd lose the use of my legs. So I'd end up having like Parkinson's and MS sort of like difficulties walking. Um, so I've got a wheelchair for that one. I don't really need to use the wheelchair, but I don't like staying in anyway. So if I do want to, if I am, am having those days, I'd like to go out. So I, I'd use the wheelchair, but, um, so yeah, that can be a bit difficult and I can lose my, um, I was on, they put me on pregabalin for my functional neurological disorder. Um, and that's kind of helped because it also helps with anxiety as well. That helps then me control my tics a little bit better. because I'm not anxious and I'm not constantly thinking about what's going to go wrong. Yeah. Uh, so. Tell me about the emotional link to being triggered and how severe it is related to like what you are feeling at particular times. So what things that trigger my tics more often. So it can be anything. I could be overexcited. I could be very sad. I could be very anxious and I could be confident. And it, it, it's a mixture of things. I can't go too high on every level. Right. Otherwise I end up, sometimes I end up putting myself in that state because I get overexcited about something and, and, and all that lot. So, ooh. Is it um, quite strong emotions, both positive and negative, and there's a huge emotional relevance to when you get triggered so for example if you were in a very calm state um very relaxed would you be less likely to be triggered oh yeah so like now i'm i'm in my house i'm kind of like nice and calm and i've got I me mean, there's candles on over there and the turtles swimming around so i'm kind of like in my relaxed state but as soon as i come out of that i'm i'm very <laughs> yes my front door as soon as my front door is shut behind me i don't like it <laughs> Yeah. 
Um, what about cognitive behavioral therapy to help with tics? Have you ever had any of that kind of treatment? Um, I'm going through that at the moment with a neuropsychologist. So I have a neurologist that deals with the neurological side of Tourette's. And then I've got the neuropsychologist that deals with my FND, um, my dissociative identity disorder. My, my oh, you have DID as well. I'm a DID specialist. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, and um, it's it's not all the time I meet people with DID, so uh, that, that's very interesting. How many um, how many alters do you have? One. His name's um, Robert, and he's completely different to to me, and and that's I got this little fingering um, to kind of symbolise him because he's kind of yeah. Is Robert the same age as you, or he's a different um, age? Oh. He comes out sometimes as like a, like if my vo like the voice changes and sounds like a fifty year old man that smoked about seventy fags a day at the bottom of Camden Market. Um, but then there's times where he can be like a playful child. But I can't get too angry because then he'll just want to sit there and smash everything up and like with the the the, the housing recently. Um, my partner had to stop me from going downstairs with a bat and smashing in the office windows. When you say you, do you mean he had to stop Robert from doing this? Yeah, so like, we, like I had him screaming in my head, if you kind of know what I mean, like, oh, we've got to go do this. And then when oh, he gets into that sort of like mode, it kind of rubs off on me. So I kind of get the confidence and then it kind of lets him out a little bit more, which is what I, I, I don't really, because as much as people say he's nice I don't think he's that nice um so do you have direct access to robbers can you communicate with him or you don't have direct yeah, access I have um like conversations and I mean the last few nights I've had dreams where it's almost like I'm talking to myself but it's him but he, he looks like me and he's probably a little bit more muscular so I don't know if like I'm, I'm projecting what I want to look like on him but yeah, yeah, he looks yeah different physically. Um, does Robert have Tourette's as well? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, um, so what that is is where Tourette's is an actual fault with the brain and the way the brain's wired and like kind of what I've been told is the idea is sort of um, more mental health than something in the brain. Yeah, DID comes from trauma. So it will be a defense mechanism where you'll have experienced trauma and you haven't felt yeah. that you've been able to cope with it emotionally and then the alter... I can kind of pinpoint on what that is. I'm not going to say too much about it, but like I can kind of pinpoint on, yeah. on how that is. And obviously with, with the housing and that recently, he's probably come out a little bit more. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Ooh! I think the redhead was more red hair was more his idea than mine. Yeah, uh, yeah, but... yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand. But it's kind um, of like I needed some war paint going on. So, <laughs> so, uh, so you've um, it's not just the Tourette's, but you've got you've got these other uh, yeah. um, difficulties. Oh, I, I... So I'm labelled as the worst case of Tourette's in the UK. Where did that label come from? Uh, my um neurologist who is big in like the Tourette's uh like Tourette's action charities and he does like many different Tourette's seminars and all this stuff so he's big in that field oh so what I think that mainly compares to is obviously when I'm out I'm a lot worse and and also my tick attacks because I've touched wood I've not um had one for the last few weeks but 
I had 20 in the space, of, no, 10 in the space of five weeks. Tell me about a tick attack compared to just everyday ticks that you experience. So, oh, a tick attack literally feels like somebody's probably prodding my spine with a cow rod and electrocuting me that much to the point where everything, I can feel everything tense. I can feel the bones crunch underneath the immense pressure of the, like the weight of the muscle tensing. Um, and so people think I'm my screaming is my tick, but it's not. That's actually me in genuine horrible, like horrifying pain. And like, like I said, feels like sometimes my bones are burning from the inside out and yeah, it's not nice. So I'm doubled over and so. Yeah, and you made a really good point there that actually you have got mental health difficulties, but actually you've got a neurological disorder as well. And yeah. that it might be very easy for people to confuse what's what and kind of label things as all down to mental health when actually um, the neurological disorder is something that is not just a, a mental health difficulty that just needs to be treated like that, that it's, it's far more yeah, complicated. The rewiring in my brain has gone wrong. So <laughs> I, I, they don't actually fully understand where Tourette's or how it starts, because like I said, they I could have had it. And then I've had the strep throat when I was younger that exacerbated it or exaggerated it. I'm nobody's sure. So. Yeah. And it, I mean, it sounds like it's made it's made life very complicated for you. Um, so tell me about how has this impacted um, all elements of your social life, including friendships, relationships, um, just going out and socializing and being able to enjoy your life? Um, so I've lost friends over it. Friends that is funny that when I was on TV and all that lot, they were next to me like. I don't know, a fly to rubbish sort of thing. And then once that sort of wore off, it was right, Ryan's faking it, Ryan's doing this, which then my partner got into his head that I was faking it and all that lot. And he realises I don't now. Um, but like they, they they were a toxic group of people. If it wasn't their way, then it was no one's way. Um, and then my mum, it took a while for her to come to terms with it. Like she knew what it was, but she didn't know what it was. If you know what I mean, she did, like. And then my dad was the best, and my sister were the best. To be fair, out of everybody, they, they were more. They were the most accepting. <laughs> so, because this is different, and this is although there has been in recent years a lot more about Tourette's in the media, um, which you know really the the awareness is better than it was before. But because this is a condition that people don't really understand so well you found that actually, although people know the diagnosis, they can't really empathize with you in the way that you've needed. I'm, I'm really curious that when you're caring for the turtles, when you're caring for animals, does it take your focus off your condition? And does your condition sometimes kind of ease a bit when you're- These are my babies. Um, I have over 50 of them. So like every, it gives me something to do during the day because if I didn't have these, I'd be very much looking into deep brain um, stim surgery. So yeah. if I was to lose these, I, was, I, I would lose my life, basically. Does that mean when you're kind of focusing outwards and, you know, you're focusing more on the environment and things in the environment, including like the turtles and anything around you that you're not kind of focusing so much on the condition and therefore you get a little bit of, of a, yeah. a relief from it. They, they don't focus on my condition either, which makes it better. 
Yeah. So yeah. because they're they're literally just wanting me for the food and for hi, look at me, I'm here, I'm cute, love me, and I'm like, you were fed five minutes ago. Um. So like, I think it's that aspect. Uh, they don't care. Yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to ask about cognitive behavioural therapy for ticks. So you were saying that you're, you're having that at the moment. Um, how's that been going for you? Um, it's kind of at the moment stopped because of the whole COVID and like having on waiting times and all that lot. So it was talked about, but it wasn't sort of started. I don't think like the last time I saw my neurologist and my neuropsych was, oh, nubbed, wankers. I got a third eye. Um, yeah, the last time I saw my neuropsych, he started it, but obviously he was more interested in how I was feeling because COVID started like earlier this year and all that lot. So he was more more concerned on how I was more than like starting any treatment at the moment. So, what do you understand about um, CBIT, cognitive behavioural therapy for ticks? I actually don't know to be fair about it. So I know it kind of helps break a habit. Yeah, it's a lot of it is based on delaying the tick as much as possible and sit, really sitting with that urge and practicing that as a strategy. And then um, as a result of practicing that, people tend to find that their ticks decrease. Um, so it takes, a, I mean, it's, it's a, a very difficult thing. It, it takes a lot to try and keep those ticks in and, and sit with that urge. So um, it's kind of like pulling the elastic band, but then keeping it there for as long as possible. Yeah. And then and then kind of um, sitting with that feeling of, of wanting to kind of release it. Well, I'm just curious, what would that be like for you? Or what has it been like for you when you, you try to hold in um, the ticks? Is that something that's very uncomfortable? So whenever I do intentionally hold in my ticks, it always ends up with me having a tick attack. Um, so I actually don't know if that work to be completely honest um but like i said if 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 i didn't have my coping mechanisms that i do now and say it was all taken away of me like taken away from me i'd be looking into into surgery because yeah. it, it gets bad i mean i'm having a good day today but it gets bad and i want to live my life i don't want to be constantly like yeah tell me about your coping mechanisms um my coping mechanism is my turtle rescue um and my animals and then I like to sit down, watch a few like TV shows. I'm not really a big film fan. I like my TV shows. Um, and then ooh, I like to read. So anything that keeps the focus off of me sometimes. And then because I didn't like, I know I do TikTok and I put myself out on social media and all that, but I'm not one for loving myself, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah. I've never liked the focus on me that much. It's always been uncomfortable. And then obviously when this comes along, well, came along, it, <laughs> the focus was on me 24-7 and I couldn't deal with it. So I escaped through it to different worlds and to help me. How has this impacted your self-esteem? Oh, uh, massively, because the pregabalin has made me put on a bit of weight and, 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 and grow some mad boobs. I'm trying to become I'm trying to become proud of them, but <laughs> forming um, a relationship with having this condition. Could you tell me about the um, the journey that you went on in relation to establishing an intimate relationship despite having a serious neurological so condition? Charlie met me. Um, I was just normal, and every now and then, tell us and fall over. And every now and then, I um, 
like had my tick fits and that's really about it and then yeah it was about a year and a half into our relationship or no almost two years into our relationship and it started yeah everything just blew up it out of proportion I was at university he had to come get me from university because it got too bad and so yeah and then it's just oh, all went downhill from there but He's supportive now and he's my full-time carer as well, so. I want to ask about um, focus. You know, when you're having a conversation with someone and then you end up taking a lot, do you find that you're just so used to it, you can just keep redirecting your focus back onto the conversation again? Or is it very um, stressful for you trying to have a conversation when the ticks are interrupting the flow? I mean, like, you've noticed in that, that when I'm talking to you, um, if I tick, I just breathe over it and go straight back. Or yeah. sometimes I'll answer back to myself. Like I, I remember ticking paedophile in front of you and I go, I'm not that one. Uh, but that when, when I answer back to it, it's kind of me sort of going, uh, having a little play with them. But ooh, nine times out of 10, I just breathe over them. And to the point where some people go, you haven't ticked. And I'm like, I have. You just haven't noticed because I don't focus on them. Yeah. So you've got a great strategy of just like, you don't really notice your ticks so much. You just carry on. And I've, I've noticed that throughout our interview that you're, you know, if you tick, you just carry on what you were going to say anyway. Therefore, we're having a very straightforward conversation where there's no, um, for me, I'm not distracted by it. Um, however, I must, I imagine that you get all different reactions from other people who they're having kind of an emotional response to the ticks, perhaps that makes them feel uncomfortable or perhaps they're getting distracted by it. What do you see in other people when you're just trying to have a normal conversation with them and they're, they're kind of reacting in all different ways? Um, so when I'm being loud, I can see it in my mum's face sometimes and it's kind of like, <laughs> like she's kind of just sort of like, yeah. But um, she's always like quiet anyway. She's never really liked the the loud of anything like fireworks loud noises loud people um ooh. but then i have some people that sort of go what did you just do and because i have sometimes i don't explain sometimes i go i have threats just you hear me tick breeze over it sorted read between the sentences sort of thing yeah. um oh and then i have some people that, like i said what, what did you just do and they're like, oh, i've got threats and they're like no way do you swear can you do this and i'm like that's not the conversation that's just happening with you can you just put my like most of the time it's from people at shops and it's kind of like just put myself into the down the conveyor belt please thank you <laughs> like i'm not interested in 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 having this conversation with somebody that i'm gonna share two minutes of my life with yeah. um especially when you know oh, oh do you swear yes i have coprolalia but <laughs> that's not the main form of Tourette's um, so you get a lot of curious responses from people there's a lot of kind of curiosity I'm actually genuinely interested in how it started and how what Tourette's is and, and all that lot whereas like I said it's the ones that go straight to bet you swear can you get away with it that I have no time for yeah yeah it's yeah it's, it's interesting it's um you've got the kind of all the different ranges of, of reactions and comments that that you get from people um tell me about the brain sur the surgery so you mentioned that one option for you in the future might be that you may have to consider a serious surgery so when i get to see my neurologist next i'm going to talk to him um like face to face but what it is is i had to wait till i was 25 and i'm 25 now 
oh, and because they say that your brain stops growing or aging at the age of 25 or thereabouts. And um, deep brain like stim stimulation is where they put like battery packs here and then they wire it all up and then they put like rods in your brain and it's meant to electrocute and sort of like bring all the the electrodes and the, the electric pulses sort of back to normal. And then if they feel that, I don't know how, it's something as if like I'm ticking too much, it will sort of give my brain a, that I won't feel the shock, but you, a little shock and it'll stop. So there's only a 50% success rate of that though. So I'm not too sure, but I need to think about it a bit more. At this point, how much do you kind of, how, how much have you come to um, adapt around your condition and, and accept it? Tourette's isn't me, I'm t like, yeah, I'm not Tourette's, Tourette's is me, as I say, so like, I mould it, twist it to what I want to use it, but it does get to the point where sometimes I can't be bothered. Yeah. Like, I go into the bathroom just purely to have ticks and all that lot, because I'm just too tired. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tick in front of my partner, like, I get embarrassed, even though, like I said, we've been together seven years, it's still embarrassing. And, yeah, Tourette's is is something that I know there is no cure for, whereas I know there's been successful treatments for DID and all that lot, but I think it's just the fact that there's like, there's no cure for, for Tourette's or ticks. So yeah. it sort of embarrassed me a little bit because I'm kind of like, what am I going to get like when I'm older? Like I've got my nephew, he's only just started taking solid foods. He's that young. So like, yeah. Since the condition started to where you are now, how, different a position are you in to um to when it first started because i imagine it took a lot to try to adapt to having this condition i kind of want to say i'm back to where i was when i found out that i had it like i've gone full circle of why me what's it why why is this happening to me why oh you it wankers um like and all that lot so yeah i'm kind of full circle like i i did I kind of enjoyed it at one point because it's just like, what on earth is wrong with me sort of thing. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but now it's very, it's very much annoying. Yeah. And I, I kind of just want it to stop for a while. So how many times have you been hospitalized over this condition? Too many. Several. Yeah. There's not much to do. Like to, I have a, a care plan when I have these tick attacks but there's not much anyone can do except from they come over and enter Knox and make sure I don't go to hospital for it so yeah. but then I have gone to hospital because they've got two worse and there's a hospital that threatened to phone the security on me at one point because I was I kicked a wall and apparently that was my fault when even though I had my whole family there and my partner and a friend saying it's not his fault like yeah. I don't like hospitals. Um, so it sounds yeah. like you've kind of been through um, uh, a lot of a whole journey of treatment and, and it's been quite disappointing for you. You haven't really got the relief that you want. Yeah, I kind of feel like a guinea pig. <laughs> like yeah. I've just been going, right, that's not working, we'll do this. That's not working, we'll do this. Right, this works for a few other people, Tourette's. We'll see if it works for you. Right, that's not working, we'll do this. And it's... Yeah. yeah. Have you met other people um, with... Uh, Tourette's who might have it to kind of a similar level as you yeah I have I, I mean I've got a few people that I video call um, and 
I've had people who have Tourette's look up to me because of the TV shows and my YouTube videos and, and my TikToks and all that lot. So I have, but I can't be around them again for too long because it, they obviously they trigger like people with Tourette's will trigger other people with Tourette's t- uh, ticks, but it gets again to the point where I get too much of that pressure. It could be making them tick a lot, but for me, I get that pressure and I need to escape the room within about 15 minutes. So I can't even go to Tourette meetups or anything like that without. That's yeah. very interesting. What is it about seeing someone else tick um, that leads to you ticking more? Ooh, I think it's because you, you kind of focus in on them, like ticking. You're like, oh, you've got Tourette's as well. So it's like, we're the same. And then like you kind of focus in on them ticking and then that kind of goes, oh, I'm ticking as well. And then just, you know what I mean? It kind of bounces off. So you see them ticking, your brain goes, oh, I'm going to tick. Wow. It's like, it, sometimes I feel like there's a weird energy that draw, like the brain's just going, there's somebody else there with Tourette's. Let's, let's have a bit of fun with this. And um, yeah, so it's kind of a bit of annoying. Yeah, so it kind of makes you aware of the ticks, and the more aware you are of the yeah. ticks, the more likely they are. What's it like for you doing this interview right now? Um, because we're focusing so much on it. Does that actually make it harder for you? And does that does that make the ticks a bit worse because we're talking about I mean, it? I, I've been fiddling with this underneath here, so that's been helping relieve like some of the pressure. Um, but at the moment, I'm like I said, I'm having a good day, and then like just above you where you're on my phone is my turtle so I'm, I'm sort of like sometimes looking at them and they kind of I've got things here that help me calm my brain whereas if it was like a Tourette meet I wouldn't have the turtles I wouldn't have the security of my own space or if I'm out of town do you know what I mean so it gets worse <laughs> so I've got used to having to look at everything and I've got OCD as well and all that lot so I get up at midnight and look at all the animals to make sure they're sleeping. And if they're not asleep, I want to know why. And That must be really difficult for you that it's gotten in the way of, of both your education and also your working life as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I worked in an aquarium where, like, you sell fish for, like, the, the Aquarius hobbies, hobbyists and all that lot. So I used to love that job. But when I was in two weeks for hospital, like, in hospital, I, um, I kind of turned around to them myself and I said, it's not fair on me. You get like you put me on for a shift and say I don't turn up and it's just me and the manager or me and someone else. Like that's not fair. You can't then expect somebody to cut jump in and say, Oh look, yeah, I'll work. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of left on on t- good terms on that one. I didn't want to let the company down, so I left. Um, I mean, like a lot of people have watched me with my animals and realised that the animals help calm me down. Um, and I'm not so different to other people. I just make a few noises and swear <laughs> but saying that not everybody with Tourette's even does that it could be motor it could be I don't know one phrase and not swearing and so it's, it's there's so much people need to learn about it and I, I'm kind of happy with the fact that maybe I've, I've contributed to that yeah is the best reaction someone can give you to just ignore it and just focus on you and focus on what you have to say and ignore the Tourette's or would you or do you want people to have the curious element where they ask you some questions but that kind of means it's going to distract from what you otherwise would be talking about um so I I nine times out of ten I like it if people just ignore them Ooh. and then um like 
some funny things will come out of my mouth and even I'll be rolling on the floor almost like needing to run to the toilet because I do not know where it's come from. I don't know how it's managed to get in my brain in the first place. And it's, yeah, it's like, and then like, I don't mind if I'm laughing and people can see that I'm laughing at them. Yeah. Have a laugh with me. Just don't laugh at me. Yeah, got it. And I want to just understand the behavioural element where the behaviours get completely out of control and, and completely compulsive. Could you just tell me a little bit more about that side of it? Because that sounds like the most concerning where you actually can't control the behavioural yeah. element. Like when I get angry, the ticks can get worse and then, but then they become more aggressive ticks. So they become more motor and want it and like hitting things and all that lot. And then like when I'm say I'm crying, it, I don't know why, but it exacerbates the crying a hell of a lot more. So I'm crying 10 times harder than what I sh should be really. Yeah. And then when I'm happy, my ticks are very loud and very like in your face. And yeah, it gets a bit, so I kind of have to keep myself on, but I can still show those emotions like nicely. I just can't go overboard with that. Yeah, got it. Now you mentioned an incident with a lady who had a uh, hijab on. Um, could you tell me what, again what happened in that situation? So, well, I was just walking downtown and my arm reached out and I went and I literally screamed at her saying it's too warm for a, a scarf. Luckily my partner was there and pulled me away quick enough before I could even grab it. But she didn't turn around, so I'm kind of hoping she didn't know, even though it was quite loudly said. But I don't think she knew what was going on. And like as I was going to grab, she was already like behind me, and I was already behind her. So wow. touchwood that kind of saved it. But for me, it was still very like I'm not racist. Like I don't care what people wear. I don't care people like. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not my place to say what they want to wear, yeah. like or practice or so. Yeah. These were not words that you had choice over saying and also that you didn't have control of your arm reaching out to try to grab her hijab. Yeah. That that's kind of sounds, to me, it sounds like the most concerning part of this is that your arm reached out and tried to take an action. It's like a puppet. I've held knives to my chest. I've got um, marks on my arm before where I've dug a fork in too fast and all that lot. So it's... Yeah, the, the self-harming ones and uh, the more motor and grabby ticks are probably, probably ones to look out for mainly more than what's coming out of my mouth. But Can you always differentiate when that is the tick compared to the DID? Um, oh, so I don't actually remember too much of when Robert's out. I know that there was one time where I sort of let him have a little bit of a breather. I was we were running on and dropped something off at the post office and he like so like i kind of let him out slightly so he was in control but i, I, I was kind of surveillancing what was going on if you know what i mean so it's like not too much and he just went to somebody um that so they started talking and he literally went i was going to give you my phone number until you sounded like a cousin of the queen and just walked off but then i kind of was like great and then the bloke came running after me like why did you say that so i had to explain that it was Tourette's because oh, even though I knew it wasn't, it would be very, very difficult. It's, it's difficult to turn around and go, but that wasn't me. That was the voice inside my head saying that. I, a lot of people don't know about DID, so it's really hard to explain it from square one and yeah. a lot more people know. I kind of use the outdated term split personality for them to even get an inkling of what you're on about. So 
Um, so I just want to make sure that I understand this. So you do know the difference of when it's the Tourette's and when it's the DID? Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, the Tourette's is more of an impulse trigger, sort of like pressure build up, whereas the DID is sort of there and then sort of almost feels like he pushes forward more than there's a pressure to do something so yeah and you've dissociated and you're yeah you're and then obviously there, I get the dissociative amnesia with it so there's days where I'll be watching a tv show and I'll have to re-watch it because I don't remember what's going on yeah yeah got it um so uh yeah just the the kind of final thing that I want to find out about is the the impulsive behavior side of it that, that we were talking about so how often do the behavioral impulses go to that level where you end up doing something that could upset someone else or, um, you know, it, or it could be kind of um, intrusive for, for someone else? I can sometimes do very, I'm more susceptible, I know it sounds stupid, to impulsive buying. Like my brain will be, right, I want that, so I'm going to have to have it. So it becomes more of a need more than a want, which annoys me. And that's not the DID, that's the Tourette's. That's the Tourette's. So it's like the, it kind of moulds into the Tourette's side. So, yeah, um, it's kind of very impulsive. And I've ended up, like, back cupping, like, therapy. And that's now underneath. I used it once. Now I don't see use for it. And, like, I'm... <laughs> and, and I'm... OCD with my DVDs, so if I like a TV show on TV, I've got to buy it on DVD because it's got to be there because I've liked it. I want to rewatch it, even though there's many different sites and that these days to stream on. I've got to have the physical copy, which annoys me as well because I'm kind of like, oh, you can watch it online, but then it's just the case looks amazing. Think about how that'd look next to that lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then do you regret those purchases afterwards? Sometimes I do, especially if they're, say, like purchases that are on a game and I'm like oh, I really want it and then I'm like I could have literally used that five pounds or something else <laughs> yeah yeah in that sense would you compare it to um bipolar where there's like with bipolar you have the manic episodes where people can be very impulsive impulsive buying for one instance um and then there's the opposite side where they then get the depression um side is, is there a, a comparison I, I would say I would say that was that, that was quite a good comparison to be fair um so oh bingo bullseye um so yeah was, that, that's actually that's literally how it feels yeah and do you get kind of mood fluctuations as well do you find that like emotional do you get a lot of emotional fluctuations yeah i do i can either be very angry um standoffish like very isolated or i can be very happy and i want to be everybody's best friend yeah and then yeah a minute later, I don't like them and I want them out of my flat. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like such a difficult um, condition. And then understandably, you experience depression and anxiety because of the the roller coaster of what you have to go through with this condition and how debil debilitating it actually is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got used to the fact of my own company now to the point where there's times where I just wish my partner would bugger off out for the night. <laughs> and like, I just want the flat to myself. and. I shouldn't feel like that, but I think over the years of people of losing people through trust and all that lot is to sort of build up. Like sometimes I just want to shut the world off. Yeah. Don't want any, do you know what I mean? Don't want any interference. Don't want anyone there to annoy me. Yeah. If you're in your own company, 
do you feel a lot more comfortable so then when you need to tick you can tick and and as a result you probably don't tick as much because you're then really comfortable yeah um i'm i'm perfect on my own yeah. fair like because i can just stick whatever i want on the tv i can mill around and do my animals and so yeah like there's the term of overstaying like you're welcome like will people overstay their welcome is probably cut three quarters shorter <laughs> to, to with, with my uh patients than than like what a normal persons would do so like if you're coming over for a coffee come over for a coffee and then <laughs> don't just sit on my sofa <laughs> oh there's probably people watching this who maybe suffer from this condition themselves or they might have a family member or a loved one who suffers from it. Where can people find you if they want to ask you a question? Um, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram, which is uh, Tourette's underscore lad underscore official. Um, ooh, or they can, if, if they're brave enough to try and search me on, on Facebook, my name's Ryan Stevens. I mean, just give me a message. I'd, if when people want to message me it is mainly more instagram or twitter which again is the boy well twitter's the boy who ticks i believe um oh so th th there's a few things and obviously i have my youtube channel as well and i do a series on instagram called Tourette's with friends so it's kind of like i, I speak to other people with Tourette's. So i've spoke to people with stutters and other different like mental health and neurological disabilities and so yeah, I'm, I'm quite fine, easy to find. Just depends if I read my messages in time. <laughs> Ryan, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to explain your condition. I think it's really helpful to raise awareness. Um, and I really appreciate you just telling me more about it and helping me kind of understand what you have to go through on a day-to-day -day basis. You've been listening to Private Stories Podcast. I'm psychologist, Dr. Becky Spellman. And you can find out more about the work that myself and my team do at theprivatetherapyclinic.co.uk.